0: Hi, and welcome to my podcast today called Boundaries 101. This podcast is going to talk about why we have boundaries and how to set them. It's also the first in a three-part series on boundaries, because I think that boundaries are very, very important. We set personal boundaries, and we build a foundation of boundaries that are the guideline to having healthy relationships, and that's what keeps our relationships and us very healthy. Because a guideline is the basis or a measuring stick that tells people how you want to be treated. It's something that you actually establish. And you establish it by knowing what you want. You establish it by knowing how you want to be treated. And then you let others know what you will and you won't accept. And when you do that, your relationships become a lot healthier and more enjoyable. You stop attracting the things that you don't want. So personal boundaries telegraph to other people that you've established self-respect, that you love yourself, and that you care about yourself, and you only allow people to treat you a certain way. It sets the bar, if you will, for what you'll allow and you tolerate from others, and it says what you won't allow and tolerate. I think that one of the most powerful things we can do for ourselves is to create a set of boundaries and a boundary becomes this palpable energy field around you. That's invisible. It surrounds you. And in a sense, it shields you because other people can read and feel your energy, just like you can read and feel their energy. We're constantly telegraphing energy, including what we're willing to accept and what we're not willing to accept. And if you've ever been in the presence of somebody who has really firm boundaries, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because there's an air about that person. And they have such firm boundaries. They exude that, do not cross my line. I won't take any shit from you. You know it. They let you know by the way they look at you, the way they speak to you, the way they behave, the way they hold themselves and by their actions, that they will not accept anything less than whatever their established boundaries are. Boundaries establish how others are able to behave around us too. And it can be any relationship from a boss to a significant other, to a spouse, a child, friends, family members, neighbors, including the community at large, like somebody at the grocery store. So setting boundaries is really a critical component in having and maintaining a healthy connection, a relationship with yourself and other people. I'm going to give you a few examples of what really weak boundaries look like. The first one is we justify somebody else's bad behavior. We make excuses. For example, oh, my husband or wife only treats me badly when they're stressed. Or my kids only talk to me like that because they're having a bad day. It's still unacceptable. That's bashing your boundaries. That's disrespectful. Another one is a friend. Oh, she doesn't mean to be rude. She's just really comfortable around me. No, she's actually rude. And you're allowing her and perpetuating her behavior and treatment of you by accepting it and making excuses. It's not okay to be rude. It's not okay to accept that. And what about the friends that make fun of us and laugh at us? When the truth is, is underneath it, there is a subconscious feeling and a knowing that they really think that about us. And we say, oh, they love me. They're just teasing. It's still not okay because it hurts our feelings and it doesn't make us feel good. And they're bashing our boundary relationships are supposed to be respectful. They're supposed to feel good. That's why we talk about self-love and self-respect. A lot of times, another way of bashing a boundary is blaming yourself for things going wrong. So you make excuses for people who mistreat you and abuse you again. For example, a man or a woman whose husband or wife calls them lazy or a slob. And you say, you know, if I was just better at keeping the house clean or if I could just lose 20 pounds, um, he wouldn't call me a slob. No, he actually shouldn't be calling you a slob at all. He should be supporting you in making you a better person. When people label you like that, you take that on and you become it. You're not a victim. And we we'll take our, we'll take the blame for example for a coworker who steals our work and presents it to the boss and we don't say anything we're letting people bash our boundaries when they take credit for the things that we've done and that's a hard one to stand up for ourselves and so we have to become wise and we have to create these boundaries so that nobody ever does that again we don't allow that in our lives and when somebody tells you you're too something or that you're not enough, that's bashing your boundaries. If you feel shame, for example, this is a really big one for kids who grew up without being allowed to have boundaries. People always smash their personal boundaries when they were little. And let's just say, for example, that you're taking care of a family member, like a grandparent, and you decide, I'm going to start going out one night a week, and I'm going to take some personal time. And while you're out, The family member that's watching your grandparent calls you 20,000 times and they're saying, grandma, grandpa really misses you. You know, they're really sad that you're not here. How do I make popcorn in the microwave? I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And they are continuing to bash your boundaries while you're out. So either A, you don't have a good time and they interrupt your good time. And you think twice about doing it again because you're feeling guilty. Boundary bashing. When you doubt your decisions, and this is a really good one too, this comes from childhood as well. So let's say you're going to do a new career path or you want to start a new business and you tell your parents or you tell your friends and everybody says, ah, that's so great. We totally support you. But yet they undermine your decision by saying things like, "Mm, are you sure you want to do that? There could be other things that you could be doing that would be better because that field seems really full. And, you know, that seems really challenging. You may want to think about a different career or business decision, you know, because you might be better off doing something else. That's boundary bashing and it's undermining your goals and your dreams. This is why we don't tell people something when it is the beginning of the inception of it, when you're just creating it. People will shit all over your dreams. Cut that out we're going to talk about how to create boundaries but before we do that the most important thing for all of us to remember is the sense of feeling that we get intuitively you know how you sense that something is off like somebody's creepy and i am a big component of trusting your gut proponent of trusting your gut sorry your gut doesn't lie You're always consciously and subconsciously communicating and telegraphing through your energy field. And so are the creepy people. Our thoughts and emotions and our intentions are always telegraphed and they can change minute to minute with people and they pick them up and we pick them up. But nevertheless, it's happening. So when somebody steps into your energy field and it feels strange to you, pay attention. We're going to go into that more deeply in this podcast. When your decisions are disregarded, that's boundary bashing. Say you're going out with a friend. That friend is driving. You're supposed to go to Italian food. And she says, you know what? I'm going to go left. There's this new sushi place and I've been thinking about it all day. So you're going to love it. Let's just go there. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? I've been thinking about Italian food for five days. I don't want sushi. And you don't speak up. Because she's driving, but she never considered you in the equation. And now you feel like you're being forced. Just these little things that get under your skin, that violate your boundary options. They're saying your opinion isn't important. I don't care what you want. I'm doing this. Never bothered to tell you I really want sushi so that you could discuss it. It says, I don't have to include you in the choice. We're going to do this you're going to love it and you might not love it. You're actually loving or not loving the fact that somebody took away your choice. But I want you to remember that you always have a choice. And what you're going to learn is that we need to simply state it and we need to manage what is happening. So knowing yourself and understanding your personal and emotional needs and being able to communicate them effectively and then having them respected by others shows you that you're being heard and you're being understood, and then it creates a more holistic connection. And by holistic, I mean whole as in W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. Holes are not what we want. We don't want holes in our boundaries. We want them to be respected. And it isn't always easy to understand what our boundary issues are and how to communicate them. And I hope through this podcast, you're going to learn that. For example, knowing what behavior is okay and what is not okay, and how to respond if somebody passes your limits, needs to be established within yourself first, before you start dating, before you get into friendships, and even before you start interacting very, very closely with family members who bash boundaries. Set your boundaries, because that can ensure that your relationships can be mutually respectful, and they're appropriate, and they're caring. People respect you more when you set boundaries. They may not like it at first. They may bump up against you, and they may think that just because you've changed and you're setting boundaries that you are, for example, arrogant or self-righteous, let them think what they want. Because at some point in your life, and I'm sure you felt your boundaries being violated, you know, you have felt this just isn't right. So we want to pay attention to the way that others behave toward us and also how we behave toward others. Because people will deny that they told you something or said something and you're going to question your sanity. And just like I said, the creepy people or the stranger, for example, in the grocery line, That's standing too close to you or actually has the audacity to touch you. That's a physical boundary. They bashed your boundary. Or somebody that steps in and starts asking you really personal questions. That's an emotional boundary violation. It's none of their business. People will do that in the workplace. And you'll feel very uncomfortable just because somebody chatters on about their personal life does not mean that you need to, or you have to, or that you need to want to. Don't allow other people to bash your boundaries emotionally. Perhaps you've been the target of emotional abuse by bullying in school or in the workplace. That's psychological boundary bashing. All of these are boundary violations. And so healthy communication means that you have to have the ability to be able to communicate your needs effectively. It means you have to be comfortable in saying what you need and telling somebody effectively and clearly in a really loving way that if they don't hear you the first time, you're going to tell them again. And if they don't hear it, you're going to tell them again. And you're going to keep telling them. And pretty soon you're not going to be so loving. You're just going to be flat firm and they'll get it or they'll go away. And sometimes for those who don't have the voice, because you're too afraid to speak, just shut up then, shrug your shoulders and turn away. You're still going to have to be bold in that you turn away. I know people that have walked away mid-sentence on someone who was bashing their boundaries. And they just said, I said nothing. Why? That person isn't listening anyway and they won't care. Okay, that works. As long as your boundaries aren't being bashed. We also have to understand something important with boundaries. And this is why communication is important. And if you can't speak it and you don't have the guts to walk away from somebody mid sentence or shrug your shoulders, you might have to write a kind note to someone. Sometimes our partners grew up in a family whose communication style can seem really offensive and hurtful, and their voice has a tone to it. And it's important that we gently stop that person and we say, hey, hey, whoa, can we take a second here? Because I'm feeling really uncomfortable, right? Like the, your tone, for some reason, is affecting me and making me uncomfortable. And you're going to have to stick with this because a lot of times they won't even have a clue what you're talking about. You know, they are so used to speaking in a specific way that they'll immediately say, what are you talking about? And you need to say to them, there's something about the tone of your voice that's causing me to feel really uncomfortable. And I'm thinking maybe we need to take this conversation into tomorrow and let it rest and just sort of drop it for the moment. Now, this is where it takes work. And if the person continues to bash your boundary and says something like, I don't know what you mean, I'm not speaking to you in that way, not being offensive, you have to put your boundary up and you're going to have to say, I just told you the way I was feeling. I feel uncomfortable. I feel you're not hearing me. I feel you're not hearing me tell you I'm uncomfortable. Please listen. You notice I keep saying I. That way we're not attacking. You might have to tell them that you're going to put a pin in this until tomorrow. And then this gives your partner time to think about what you said. And I guarantee you, when you give people time to think about things, they typically understand, "Mm, you know what, I made that person uncomfortable. And they'll switch up their conversation style. And the next time you speak to them, it will be softer because they're being more mindful but you're going to have to work on this because habits and patterns change by repetition. So you might say, well, I told my partner five times. Well, you might have to tell your partner 5,000 times and you're going to have to learn patience. Being able to understand your partner's boundaries too will transform your ability to communicate and help nip issues in the bud before they overwhelm you. And when you're considering friends or romantic partners, Look for somebody who is not in conflict with your needs. It takes time to get to know someone, so go slow. You're wondering, okay, how do I establish boundaries within myself? First, you need to know yourself. If you grew up in a family that was dysfunctional, you're going to find that you create the same habits and patterns in relationships and that you lack boundaries. And maybe you notice that your boundaries are crossed a lot. So you're going to begin here. Ask yourself this question How do I want to be treated by others? Then write your answer down and write it down in detail. It's important to write things down so that you can see what you're actually trying to create in your life. Notice that I asked you how you want to be treated. And what I'm really also asking you is, How do you treat yourself? Are you able to be good to yourself? Do you give yourself things that you need without needing it from another person first? Ask yourself if you treat people in the way that you wanna be treated because people will treat us the way we treat them. It's a give and a take. So you have to have the same respect for others' boundaries as you would like others to have for your boundaries. People treat us the way we treat ourselves. We all come with a history and a past. And if we continue to repeat the same question and play victim, we are not going to break out of the old patterns. And those old habits will continue. And we continue to have shitty relationships and people bash our boundaries. So now I want to talk about knowing your limits. You can't set good boundaries if you're unsure of what your limits are. Identify your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual limits. What makes you feel uncomfortable and stressed? Those feelings clearly help us identify what our limits are. So you have to know yourself. Then tune into your feelings. If our boundaries are being violated, we feel uncomfortable. Pay attention to what you feel. The things like discomfort and resentment, and anger, and anxiety, and fear. All of those things are telling us our boundaries are being violated. So I do it on a scale of one to 10. And if I feel anything over a five during some sort of an interaction with another person, I ask myself, what's causing this? What, what is it about this interaction and this person that's bothering me? And if it's resentment That usually, for me, comes from being taken advantage of or not being appreciated. It's just an old wound that I have had. And it's also a sign that I'm pushing myself beyond my own limits, and I'm feeling guilty. For example, I want to be a good daughter. I want to be a good uh, wife or a good sister or a good friend or whatever it is. I'm a good listener. And somebody else is putting their expectations or imposing their views or values on me without paying attention to the reciprocity and the interest in what my values, views, and expectations are. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. It's very one-sided, and I feel more like I'm a sounding board for somebody who wants to hear themselves talk. I don't want that. I want there to be reciprocity. And sometimes it's good for us to listen to things like this and and realize this is a very selfish person, or this is a person who is very unaware, but their conversation is nevertheless interesting, valuable, and important. I have to ask myself and balance these things while this is happening. And sometimes it's a bit of a balancing act. But when anytime anyone makes me feel uncomfortable or anxious or fearful, that's a cue for me. Um, You're violating or crossing my boundaries. And I'm telling you, I set that line. I am done. The next thing we want to pay attention to is maintaining our boundaries through communication. And, and remember, this can be nonverbal and verbal. With some people, maintaining healthy boundaries doesn't require a direct, clear-cut dialogue. They get the hint. Ooh, they can see the way that you looked at them, or your behavior changed, you crossed your arms, or you walk away, or they notice you're shutting down. And you're telling them, telegraphing to them, that they're pushing your boundaries. People who have the same communication style that we have will pick up on our cues, and our vibe, and our energy, and they'll shift their energy immediately if they're sensitive enough, because they'll go, ooh. You know what? I just felt that person feel uncomfortable and they didn't like what I said. And that goes for us, too. How many times have you said, oh, God, I wish those words never came out of my mouth and you try and shove them back in, but they're out and then you try and make up for it or you just apologize. I'm sorry. You know, I noticed that that made you uncomfortable. People who have different personality or cultural backgrounds, though, we might have to be a little bit more direct with, and that is also verbal and nonverbal cues. Like I said, the walking away. So one person might feel that when you challenge somebody's opinions in a healthy way, this is a great way of communicating, and you feel like you're being attacked. You might feel this is disrespectful. This is a really tense situation. I don't like the intensity of this person. But again, we have to weigh it out. Am I shutting down because of their tone and are they giving me anything of value or are they just obnoxious? And this also has to be tempered and, romantic relationships, too. Romantic relationships are very sensitive because the tone and the way somebody talks to us might make us feel uncomfortable, and we don't want to lose that person. We don't want to ostracize that person. We don't want them to stop talking to us. We want them to be mindful of the way it makes us feel. And we have to be mindful. Are we overly sensitive? What's causing us to be triggered? Now, our time, personal time, can become a boundary issues. For example, partners might need to talk about how much time they need to maintain their sense of self and how much time they need to spend with you. And these are things that have to be tempered. Relationships have to be watered and they need sunshine. They need to be nurtured in order to grow. Communication in relationships is very important. You hear me say, know the man, know the woman you're involved with, know the person that you are having any kind of relationship with, and it isn't going to hurt you to know somebody. It actually is quite magical. And the next step is give yourself permission to have boundaries. Fear, guilt, self-doubt, those are huge potential pitfalls. We might fear the other person's response if we set and enforce our boundaries. We might feel guilty by speaking up or saying no to a family member. Many people believe that they should be able to deal with a situation and that they have to say yes because then they're a good person. Then they're a good wife. Then they're a good daughter. They're a good daughter-in-law, a good son-in-law, a good husband, a good son, an aunt, uncle, whatever it is. And you know what the truth is? You feel drained and you feel taken advantage of. And you know what that's a sign of? Somebody bashing your boundaries and you're letting them. Then you wonder if you even deserve to have boundaries in the first place, because then your family guilts you because you're not taking care of every single thing. And I know I'm over-exaggerating, but I think you understand. Boundaries are a sign of self-respect. So give yourself permission to set boundaries. And then you have to work to preserve them. You can't set a boundary and then let people walk over them and say, you crossed my boundary. You have to say, I need to preserve my boundaries. So you set them. And when they cross them, you back them up. And it's going to take practice and self-awareness and being mindful. Boundaries are all about honing in on your feelings. It's about honoring yourself. It's about honoring what you think. It's about honoring what you feel and who you are. And you have to sustain your boundaries. And if you're not sustaining them, you need to ask yourself, what is going on here? What have I allowed? What has changed? And then ask yourself, what are they doing? Or what am I doing? Or what am I not doing? Or what are they not doing? What in the situation is making you feel stressed, resentful? fearful, anxious, whatever word you put on it. Then recognize you have complete control over one thing, always, your reaction. Your choice allows you to ask, what am I going to do right now in this situation? And if you're uncomfortable, move away from it. That's your choice. Choice is always your superpower. Then consider your past and your present. How are you raised? What was your role in the family and how did those obstacles set you and set you against creating boundaries? And then you use them in setting and preserving your boundaries. If you held the role of caretaker, for example, and you learn to focus on other people, always giving, 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 and you're burned, you're drained emotionally and physically, you're ignoring your own needs and that's become normal for you. You're the giver. You give till it hurts. And now you're hurting and you're starting to feel broken and maybe a little bit sick and worn out. And you think about the people that you surround yourself with. Are my relationships reciprocal? Is there a healthy give and take? Begin by asking that question. And if you get the answer, no, then ask why? And do not allow those things to become the norm. In other words, no, but my family expects it of me and I'll be ostracized. You're not going to be ostracized from your family. You're just going to have to be uncomfortable until you teach your family that you have boundaries and you're willing to preserve them. And they might think that you're arrogant and they might think that you're being self-righteous. Let them think that. It's okay. Because eventually what will happen is they'll realize you're taking care of yourself and they'll be proud of you. And I know you can't see your way to the other end of the tunnel, but that's what happens. Because families typically love us. They're just used to us being a certain way. Whenever you change, everything changes, including their reactions to you. So don't be afraid to look and make self-care a priority. I think it's so important to give ourselves permission to put ourselves first. Our needs and our motivations to make stronger boundaries comes from self-care. It means recognizing how important it is that you honor how you feel. And if you're tired and take care of your body, because these are the cues that your well-being is more important and your well-being is going to make you feel happy or unhappy. How does your body feel? Because when you're tired, it's hard to be at the top. Put yourself first, because that will give you the peace of mind and the energy to maintain a positive, happy outlook and be really present with people and love them more and be there for them more, and give more in shorter bursts of energy. Because when we're in a better place, we are a better husband, wife, employee, sister, brother, mother, all of it, and friend. And if you need support, get support from your friends, counseling, coaching, church, whatever it is, where you feel that you can Have a soft place to land where you're being heard, where somebody helps you understand that you're a priority and they help you practice setting boundaries and each of you holds the other accountable. That's very, very important. And be assertive because, in a respectful way, letting the other person know what in particular is bothersome to you, it helps you work together to address it. That communication creates healthier relationships. And like I said, when you're beginning to become assertive, it doesn't mean that you have to be able to speak the way that I'm speaking. You want to build upon your small successes by writing a kind note, by asking somebody gently, by talking to a friend or a boss that helps you get over the feeling of being overwhelmed that somebody is bashing your boundaries. And it's okay to try these little tiny tweaks to your behavior and your thinking and your feeling because setting boundaries takes courage and it takes practice and it takes support. A lot of it. When my son was 12, he was on swim team and after a really hard workout, they'd all go sit in the jacuzzi. My son was sitting in the jacuzzi. He was one of the last one to leave, and there was some old guy. He was a creepy old guy in the jacuzzi, and he was always talking about conspiracy theories. And I don't really care about conspiracy theories. Some are interesting, and some are not. And I'm not saying he's right or wrong. But he started to say to my son, "You know what?" And he started to preach to him about how my son was supposed to think. And at 12 years old, my son turned around. He said, "Hey, dude, don't tell me what to think. I'm not interested." And it blew me away because, but everybody was used to this guy. The guy got out of the jacuzzi and he came over to me and he said to me, your son was rude. I said, my son was not rude. My son set a boundary. He didn't want to hear you tell him what to think. He doesn't want to think what you're thinking. And he set you straight and he didn't like it. It made you uncomfortable. So why don't you stop pushing your ideas on other people that are 12 years old and maybe something will change. And he stormed out of there and that was the end of that. We never saw him again. I think he stopped talking to little kids about his conspiracy theories too. So he set a boundary at 12 years old. My son had the courage because he had my support and he had his dad's support. And his friends were like that too. That's how important it is to have friends that support you and love you. So we wanna look at how you're gonna start treating yourself. And how you would like to be treated by others. And we're going to write that down. And you can pin it up on your refrigerator. That's great. But I'm going to tell you, repeating it to yourself every day and creating the feeling within yourself by treating yourself like you're a valuable individual begins within. That's how you attract this. Remember, the subconscious mind learned all of your habits and patterns by repetition, not by pinning it on the refrigerator. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but when you write it down and you read it every day, three times a day, you're saying, I want this. Your subconscious mind feels that you want it. Your desire is so strong, your subconscious mind will meet the desire and it creates it. That's how it works. So healthy boundaries are a reflection of the principles and the rules and the guidelines that you set for yourself. And when those boundaries are broken by somebody that disrespects you or ignores you, or maybe isn't even aware that you have those principles or personal needs, because some people are oblivious, then we tell them by our actions and our reactions to them that we consciously choose. Now, remember this. Unhealthy boundaries are not just about who crosses whose. But also sometimes we have so many boundaries that nobody gets through and we're not living our lives. So please pay attention to that. And don't assume that people will just respect your boundaries. Remember, not everybody was raised the same way that you were. And so people show up and they bounce your boundaries. All you have to do is establish emotional, psychological, and physical boundaries in relationships, period. You're respected and you're safe. And here's what I did. I put together a list of things that I call your rights. And I want you to know that you have rights in a relationship and here they are. You have the right to feel safe in a relationship. You have the right to your privacy and to your boundaries that you have created and that you respect. You have the right to be respected. You have the right to be validated. You have the right to be heard and to be listened to. You have the right to feel validated. You have the right to be appreciated and valued. You have the right to respect that the answer no means no by both partners. You have the right to have your needs met. You have the right to be treated respectfully without emotional, physical, or verbal abuse. The first step in maintaining healthy boundaries is knowing your limits in a relationship, what's acceptable and what's not. This goes for friends too. You need to communicate with people nicely but firmly that it's not okay. And state it and then stop replying to somebody, especially if it's through text message. Don't react if they're going to try and trigger you. Practice being assertive and firm and then hold your ground. And what holding your ground means is holding your reactions. It means holding your feelings and your temper. Keep it in check when somebody's trying to trigger you, because many times we bash our own boundaries by reacting to somebody else trying to trigger us. And there's a lot of approaches that I use that are specific to talking about boundaries that are crossed and I talk about being assertive and practicing different skills of exercising your voice. And when we don't have assertiveness skills, because we've been taught that our boundaries and setting boundaries is not okay, and we allow other people to hurt us because they say things, and this is a trigger, you're being mean. You're not being mean. You're being loving to yourself. You're caring for yourself. Remember that that's a trigger. You're being mean. I told you what I needed and you're not listening. Click. End of story. Reframe that. Boundary violations do not hurt another person's feelings. People will try to get you to put your needs and your feelings on the back burner. And the habit of being on the back burner begins to bleed into all your relationships. And you know it because you're saying, why am I being walked on at work? Why did my friend just do that to me? Why did I allow that? Why did I just get dissed or ghosted or abandoned or sidelined? You're not a back burner type of a person. You're a front burner type of a person. They are the back burner because your needs are on the front burner and that stuff they're doing, that's on the back burner. Mm -mm. You're going to light that fire and you're going to incinerate it. If your boundaries are violated through domestic battery, punishment as a child, sexual assault, physical assault, bullying, a lot of times we experience emotional reactions from that trauma. We think we deserve it. We don't. You reframe that too. You're not a victim anymore. It's not happening anymore. It happened to you. Do not let your past dictate to you your present and your future. Reframe it reframe the idea of what happened. You now empower yourself. And that situation should have a power that surges through you, that, that you know that you can overcome. You do not allow people to bash your boundaries because you respect yourself and you care about yourself. I'm going to give you an example of a couple of my personal boundaries. And then I'm going to wrap up the podcast. But one of my personal boundaries is my right to privacy. And this in particular is like if I'm taking a bath at night, I like to just chill for, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. I don't want somebody to come in and start talking to me. And I also don't want my journal to be read because many times I'm writing my thoughts and ideas down in their private and I am allowed to have my own personal thoughts. It's very cathartic and it's healthy. To have your thoughts and to look at your feelings and express them on a piece of paper without ever wondering if somebody is going to read them and pick a fight. Why did you say that about me? Because that's what I was feeling in the moment. And I have that right. And I didn't think it was appropriate to have to talk about it. Although I write it down, when I journal, that's my personal place to vent to myself and to God. And it's where I am in the moment. And I read it a few months later, and I can see I've progressed as a person, and I don't feel the need to expose myself to them or to anybody. It's between me and God. That's my right. I have the right to have private thoughts and private feelings, and I have the right to work through them privately. And we also have the right to not share our passwords and our emails with other people or our cell phones. And it isn't necessarily about hiding something. It's that I want my significant other to ask me for permission. I don't care what you look at in there. You just have to know. If you don't like the fact that I was having a conversation with one of my friends about you because I was struggling with somebody that's going something that's going on inside of me, then you're going to read it and you're going to have to deal with it. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It means I was struggling and I'm not perfect. None of us are. And then sometimes you can work through those things. but if you're going to bash my boundaries and my privacy, I'm not going to trust you and feel safe. I always reserve the right to change my mind. And what I mean is through a conversation with friends, we'll have well, great conversations. we just solved all the world's problems. And then later I'll I'll come back and I'll say, you know, I want to reserve the right to change my mind because I might find other information that actually enhances or changes my views on things. And then we bring that information communication back together and it just becomes a lot more lively and it's more intelligent and it's actually to me more intriguing. I'd love to have those conversations. So I have the right to my own time because being alone for me is healthy and it gives me a moment to hear my inner voice and commune with you know my inner spirit and I love to be in nature and hiking alone or with my dog without anybody using human words to talk to me and without anybody actually being in my energy field I listen to the trees and the silence of nature and it brings me back to the oneness of everything I reserve the right to express sexual boundaries and the right to express my spiritual boundaries, and the right to remain true to my principles. And I also reserve the right and the ability to communicate my physical needs to somebody else. And I'm not talking about sexual. I mean physical needs. And so no matter what the nature of my relationship, setting boundaries for me is a very critical component to maintaining a healthy connection with someone. And so when I look for partnerships... And friendships, I make sure that they're not conflicting with my needs. I love different ideas, or I should say, I don't like the behavior of people that bash my boundaries. In part two of this podcast, I'm going to go into more detail about creating healthy relationship boundaries and what they are and what they're going to look like and give you a little bit more of a how to. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I want to thank my best friend, Leslie Dale for encouraging me and her boyfriend, Ryan, to do this podcast. So if you like this podcast, please share it and clap for it and please subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something out of this.